0: This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollock. Carl Mays was a Major League Baseball player who played from 1915 to 1929 with the Boston Red Sox, the New York Yankees, the Cincinnati Reds, and he ended his career with the New York Giants at the age of 37. Now, his name may not be familiar to you, but you may have heard of an incident that he was involved in on the field in 1920. He threw a pitch that killed Cleveland Indian shortstop Ray Chapman after it hit him in the head. A single pitch destroyed Carl Mays' legacy. And now, 100 years later, two Missouri women are trying to restore his reputation. And they're here joining us on Show Me Today. Ann Duckworth, who's a member of the Mansfield Area Historical Society and Museum, and board member Kathy Short. Ann and Kathy, thank you for joining us. Yes, we lo- we're so appreciative. And I'll I'll start with you. What ties did Carl Mays have to Missouri? Well,
1: Carl Mays' family moved to the Mansfield area uh, when he was just a young lad, maybe around three or four, from Kentucky. His father was a traveling clergy. And uh, brought the family here, established church where they actually met in people's homes, uh, raised their family here. His father, however, died young. Uh, I think Carl was only about 10. He was the fourth of eight children. And so the mother had quite the time trying to uh, feed her family. And uh, eventually they moved to Oklahoma near a relative. And actually that's where Carl first uh played baseball. Uh, In Mansfield, what he did was uh, he used rocks to kill squirrels out of the trees and rabbits to provide meat for the table. And uh, Carl and his older siblings had to drop out of school early to get jobs and help the mother uh, feed the family.
0: So those hunting skills back in Missouri kind of helped hone his pitching skills that eventually got him to the major leagues. Yes, it would seem so. Yeah. Wow. So tell me why you're such a a big, I don't know, fan is the word, but what drew your interest to Carl Mays?
1: Well, I'd always heard my elders talk about Carl Mays, the baseball pitcher, the old pitcher they called him. Uh, I had an old man that lived next door to me that lived alone, and I used to cook cornbread for him every night for supper, and he'd tell me stories that he knew the old pitcher. So I'd always heard of Carl Mays. Uh, It actually was a writing uh, exercise I was doing with a group in Ava, and we were to pick out a character and do a a story. I came to Mansfield, which is my hometown, and met with the newspaper editor, and he got me out the leather-bound book from 1920 when the pitch occurred. No, excuse me, 1971 when Carl passed away, and the article there. Yeah. So I knew right away, okay, this is the story that I want to dig into. I want to know more about the old pitcher.
0: That's Ann Duckworth. Uh, She's with the Mansfield Area Historical Society and Museum, and Kathy Short, a board member. She'll be on here in in a moment. uh, So the way I understand the story, Ann, was that Carl uh, had suffered an injury and then had to learn to throw underhand, or what they call a submarine style, which uh, wasn't very common back then. But that kind of made a name for him, just the way that he pitched. It
1: did. Uh, It earned him the nickname Sub, and uh, he and a few others were grandfathered in with the submarine style when it was later uh, chosen that it would not be Permitted anymore, but they were grandfathered in and able to use that. The pitcher sometimes described him as it looked like an octopus out on the mound, and it was hard to just judge just where the ball was coming from and what what to expect.
0: And you see some uh, submarine pitchers, uh, you know, Dan Quisenberry of the Kansas City Royals. Uh, it was a famous uh, underarm type of thrower. Carl, this is really an odd situation because back then. They didn't wear helmets. Batters didn't wear helmets. And it it wasn't uncommon for players to get hit in the head. And from what I had read, and at least from tales, you know, sometimes guys would bounce right back up. And there were other pitchers that threw harder than him. But this just caught Chapman in the right place. And and after Chapman died, uh, Carl Mace kind of became public enemy number one in terms of baseball circles, didn't he?
1: Yes, he did. Uh, Carl actually went before the assistant district attorney in New York the following day or two and was exonerated of all blame. But the public court and certainly the baseball players did not feel that way. And there were some who said they were going to refuse to play the Yankees on games they pitched him. Uh, there were some that just said they were going to refuse to play the Yankees.
0: He, uh, he carried that reputation For most of his life, then, didn't he?
1: Yes, he did. And we feel that that is probably the greatest thing that has kept him out of the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, which, by the way, his baseball glove, the only one he ever used in the 15 years given to him by his uncle, is on display or can be viewed at Cooperstown.
0: That's Ann Duckworth, a member of the Mansfield Area Historical Society and Museum. And I want to bring in Kathy Short, a board member of the museum. Uh, Kathy, what's the display like with Carl Mays? And, and what's the hopes of, um, of having this display and, and sharing and maybe teaching a part of history that uh, old baseball fans may not realize about Carl Mays?
2: Well, I think one of the most interesting things that is tied to the display is since uh, Carl went into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame in 2009, we actually have people come to our museum that are there just to see the Carl Mays display. They have come to Mansfield, which is out of the way of many other places, and they are there just to see about Carl's career and his life. Um, You know, so many of us in the area, just like Ann said, our grandfathers were friends of Carl's. Mine definitely were. My husband's grandfather played on the Mansfield Grays, which was the team that Carl brought the old Yankee uniforms Home so they could wear them, uh, so they would have matching uniforms. We have one of those old Yankee uniforms on display, and we also have an old Giants uniform on display in the museum, as well as many other pictures and artifacts that have been loaned and or donated to us by various members of the Mays family. So the display has grown from one small display case to two very large display cases.
0: Kathy, uh, Ann had mentioned that he was born in Kentucky and then moved to Missouri, but then ended up going to Oklahoma, where he really started taking a baseball. But what drew him back to the Mansfield area, though?
2: I think Mansfield was always home to him. His mother did move back here. And with his first World Series uh, winning money, he built her a very elaborate in a place called Prairie Hollow, which is about... I don't know how many miles south of Mansfield, about nine miles, we would say. And uh, it's a very isolated area. So this home was quite prominent amongst the smaller frame farm homes of most of, of the farmers. Also, Carl loved to hunt and fish. And, of course, Mansfield in our area is right on the Gasconade River and Bryant Creek. So there are many and ample opportunities for both hunting and fishing. And one of the stories that great nephew, excuse me, Terry Buchanan, has has told us before that we, we love As he said, every time Uncle Carl would come home to see us, he would bring his his waiters, his fish waiters with him, and they would be full of baseballs, and he would give them out to anybody who wanted them, especially the children. And I think Carl always had a very soft spot in his heart for children because with his neighbors, the Blankenships that lived just down the road from them. They would take old cotton mattresses and draw bullseyes on them. And Carl would tie those between two fence posts. And that's how he taught the area children how to pitch.
0: That's Kathy Short and Ann Duckworth joining us from the Mansfield Area Historical Society and Museum. And just to give you some stats on Carl Mays, the pitcher. In his 15-year career, 207 wins, only 126 losses, uh, and an ERA, an earned run average of 2.92. And, you know, as I I look at his stats and this incident um, where Chapman was killed happened in 1920, I I look at Carl Mays and his numbers. uh, In 1920, that year with the Yankees, he won 26 games and then the following year with the Yankees he won 27 games so 53 wins of his 207 came around this incident and you know this was an incident ladies that had never happened before in baseball and i i just i can't imagine something tragic like that how it affected him but how he was able to block it out and move past it and still have his two best seasons a- around it do you think, I mean, if you look back, and I don't know if you maybe have any historical perspective on this, but did he kind of block that out, that that moment out that allowed him to focus on what he needed to do with the New York Yankees? And did that have a negative effect as to how people thought he reacted to this incident?
1: Yes, people thought that he did not have remorse. Actually, the more I dug into Carl's life and his growing up years and that hardships they went through. Carl only knew how to play baseball. He didn't have other jobs. He didn't have anything else to go back to. His wife, his first wife, had died young. He had two small children to raise. And baseball was how he could support his family, regardless of the incident that had happened.
0: Anne or Kathy, how did he live out his final years of life? And uh, and how did this uh, was he able to come to terms with uh, with that moment on the field? And
1: um, I think he always felt that he'd been slighted by Cooperstown. Uh, however, um, after he finished with the majors, he played a couple of years in the minors. He then was hired uh, by, <laughs> of all teams, the Cleveland Indians as a baseball scout. Wow! And he he worked hand in hand with Joey Sewell who was also a baseball scout for Cleveland. Now, Sewell is the shortstop that came in after the Chapman incident. I think that says a lot about the Cleveland organization and how they felt about the incident.
0: Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. Ann Duckworth and Kathy Short from the Mansfield Area Historical Society and Museum. How do we get to the museum? Where are you located?
2: We are located at 101 West North Street or just off the southwest corner of our Park Square in the
0: center of town. What are your hours? Are you open on the weekend? We
2: are open from 10 until noon and 1 until 3. Our, we will open on April 17th for the spring this uh, this spring. And um, we are open Monday through Saturday.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, listen, if you ever want to take a weekend trip, baseball fans, and learn more about the life of Carl Mays, uh, visit uh, the great town of Mansfield. And uh, Ann Duckworth and Kathy Short, thank you for sharing this story. Really learned a lot today. And uh, baseball fans, I'm sure, appreciate it. And uh, hope to get down there sometime to see you. We hope you will. We'd be glad to
1: give you a tour. Yeah. Thank,
0: Thank you for the stories. Appreciate it. This is Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri.